The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Everyone and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix Podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Sadly, we have to kiss this sweet winning streak goodbye after 18 games. Uh, the Suns set a new record. We'll talk about what happened along the way a little bit and how it ended. After that, we'll do some game recaps, twice against the Warriors, the Pistons, and then the Spurs. And then we'll look forward to next week's games, the Celtics and the Clippers. Shoutouts are not in order for this week because Devin Booker didn't play and we were trying to guess how many points he would score in a game that he was injured for. So uh, shout out to everyone out there grinding, I guess. <laughs> this is staying in. <laughs> we need to show the people how the sausage is made. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, you can add us on Twitter. <laughs> Still staying in. This is how the sausage is made. I'm not cutting this out. Anyway, find us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod, and we'll do a bet question later. And, uh, when we do, you can tweet at us with your answer. Hopefully it, it applies this week. Or also tweet at us and tell us how to do a better intro. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know if I could handle that criticism right now. Yeah, keep it constructive. <laughs> if there's any specific drops you want to hear, I am I am interested in that. I can make those happen. So anything to add to the soundboard, let me know. That the, I can handle. <clears throat> the Duke of Drops. No, I can handle constructive criticism. I remember when we first started, one time I posted an episode to Reddit, like very early on, and we got torn apart. <laughs> and that was before we like even knew each other hardly. And uh, yeah, it was rough. But I could handle it, and I said, this is how we get better. Anyway. Yeah, and we're we're still doing it. We're still dumb enough to keep doing it. Now people <laughs> might just be nice enough to be like, hey, just leave these guys alone. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to talk about the winning streak finally coming to an end. You know, we got to see the Suns break a franchise record with this 18-game winning streak. And 
Man, I feel like if you listen to the show, we talk about this so often, but just a few years ago, this was unimaginable. Out of the question to watch the Suns win 18 games in a row. And even after the finals run last year, it's still surprising to see. And it was a blast along the way. It it felt like we were never going to lose again. It really did. And even when we lost this, this second game in three games to the Warriors, it didn't hardly even feel like a loss. No Devin Booker. Mikhail Bridges dislocates his pinky in the middle of the game. Steph had a great game. Like, I don't know. It hardly felt like a loss because so many of the conditions were just set against us. Right, and uh, this was a back-to-back. It it was going to be a tough one. So, you know, we went against the Pistons the night before, which was a home game, but then we head to Golden State for that one in San Francisco. And, you know, on a normal schedule, when you're looking at it at the beginning of the season, this is one that you write off as a loss. Yeah, and that's right. You know, when you're having just won 18 games in a row, I think a lot of us refused to keep that down on the schedule as a scheduled loss. So yeah. I, I think that maybe bummed some people out, but the Warriors are a solid team. Steph was able to come back in the second game of our matchup and uh, play more like himself, I'd say, but still shout out to Mikhail playing some stellar defense on him in both games. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said on Twitter, too. There is no shame at all in losing to the second-best team in the West on the second night of a back-to-back on the road, missing your best player and your best defenders injured for part of the game. There's no shame in that. Absolutely not. And I think the Devin Booker injury is, you know, probably the biggest takeaway from this last week. Looks like he strained a hamstring again. We we didn't see anything that said it was torn or anything like that, but it sounds like he was going to miss a few games. On the broadcast tonight in the Spurs game, I believe it was said he might be missing a few more games. So we still don't have a definitive answer on when he'll be back, but I think we should all, all be just pretty thankful that it's not anything more and that uh, the team can still play at a high level without him for the meantime. Yeah, and like think about how conservative we were with DeAndre Ayton when he had his leg contusion earlier in the season. I think that's what they marked it as. Right. We're going to be very conservative with Booker because we can. We're going to win a lot of games without him. And then literally our best player, all-star level player, hopefully MVP candidate, (laughs) might have been a bit of a reach on my end, but whatever. Uh, He's going to come back and we'll be totally fine. Yep. Yeah, and just overall, just a bummer to see him have to miss out on the end of the streak, and we can all sit there and say, oh, what if Devin Booker was healthy, though? But then we'd just be like everyone else, like the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Clippers, and the the list goes on. Right. Yeah, every team is dealing with this stuff. <laughs> Jokic was, was out for a while. Uh, you know, for the Clippers, Kawhi is still having his issues. Jamal Murray is still hurt. Clay is out still. Um, I'm playing fantasy basketball again this year, and it just reminds me how many injuries there are throughout the season. We have three injured list spots open, and mine have been full all season long. 
Because, for instance, Michael Porter Jr., uh, he was a player that I drafted thinking he was going to have a big year, and now he's out for the season. And I still have him on my injured list just in case a miracle happens. But, yeah, like all kinds of guys have been hurt. Norm Powell is another example. He played one game and then was injured long-term, and I had to move him to my injured list. So it's just a reminder of how many games these guys miss, for better or for worse, but it's just the way the league is now. Yeah, if you think about it, any given day during the regular season, there's going to be between 5 and 10 games, 48 minutes apiece. I, I mean, just think of all the opportunities there are for somebody to get hurt out there. And, man, yeah, that's a really good point, that injuries are going to happen. We were very lucky last year with the lack of them that we had through most of the time. But then again, even towards the end with Dario going down and what Chris was dealing with, yeah, we felt it too. But luckily, right now, this is still relatively early on in the season. Uh, We've been relatively healthy, and obviously with a 20-4 and record, we're able to play through it. Yeah, and... I mean, we've talked about the depth on this team so much, and this is it. This is why you have a deep team, because we still want to get good playoff seating. Like, sure, we're playing to win it all right now, but the seating is going to matter. We want that home court advantage. Every single game counts. Yeah, and with the depth, we've seen Landry Shamit in the starting role, but then we've seen Cam Johnson come in for him to close games out. So having two guys like that coming off the bench who can both fill different roles within our starting unit, uh, it's just big time. What a a great signing in Shamit. And then, I mean, JaVale, too, he's been amazing in those limited minutes. He just does so much for us. And, man, it feels like a few of these games – leaving Aiton in for 35 or more minutes. Like, it's like, can we throw JaVale in there for a few more? But JaVale only needs 15. Yep. And in this game against the Spurs, our most recent one, he's the reason we won. I'm pretty confident in saying JaVale McGee was the difference. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Just big, meaningful minutes for JaVale. And let's move on to last week's game recaps. We'll be pretty quick with these since we just talked about them quite a bit. But uh, the first one of the last week was our first win against the Warriors, uh, 104-96. to This is the one where Booker goes down in the first half with a hamstring injury. And watching these guys fight through that was so much fun. And Mikhail Bridges really just comes to life in this game playing that incredible defense on Curry, holding him to one of his worst shooting games of his career, and then still able to do it on the other end and make up for no Devin Booker. That was a a great way to uh, keep the win streak alive at the time, trying to go for the record. Just a huge win. Yeah, I believe it was Steph's worst shooting performance of his career. Yeah, 4 for 21 from the floor, 3 for 14 from downtown. Only got to the line for one free throw, and he did make that. Yeah, so Mikhail did a great job. If you look at the stats of when Mikhail was guarding him, I don't think he made a single shot. I think he made all those threes when Mikhail was not on him. Wow. Yeah. And 
Mikhail, I mean, does so many things for this team. But in this one, he said, I'm not going to worry about scoring much. Uh, he scored two points, only shot the ball four times. But then with the three assists, the four steals, one block shot, what just sending it away from Curry. I mean, yeah. uh, what what a what a great guy to have on your squad. Yeah, you got to love him. And, yeah, they really rallied around Booker with his injury and won it for him. And this tied the record for the longest win streak in Suns history. But the guys knew that, and they didn't want to just tie it. They wanted to beat it. Yep, and Aiton, the high scorer in this one. And from the beginning, a lot of people were saying that the Suns have to beat the Warriors on the inside. And without Wiseman on the roster right now, they had Looney and they had Bielitsa. And that's all they had for big man depth. So we were feeding Aiton and McGee. And, I mean, Aiton puts up 19 shots in this game. That's something that we really like to see, especially with Booker off off the court, uh, someone stepping up. And it was Aiton, 11 for 19. He, he got a lot of nice, easy shots right at the rim. Some not so great, but I'm just happy to see him looking looking confident and just willing to put up those shots when he knows the the team needs it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and a lot of people have been talking about how this is a potential playoff matchup. This is a potential Western Conference Finals matchup, even, and just how much fun that would be. I agree it would be fun, but uh, it would be very stressful, and I hope we don't play the Warriors. <clears throat> So, I mean, it'll be great for non-Suns, non-Warriors fans, that's for sure. But I don't want to face this team in the playoffs. No. Now, if we do, well, I think we can do what we got to do, but it is going to be an insane series. Right, and just, we got to all keep it in mind, Booker only played 15 minutes in this first game, obviously missed the second one, so that will make a difference. But if they have Clay back, that obviously makes a difference for them and too. Wiseman and what <clears throat> I don't know about Wiseman though I'm not sure what his recovery is looking like right now no, I don't know about a timetable or anything but any seven foot body that they can put out there against eight and will be will be a big difference for them I'd say yes definitely but yeah that it, it would be quite the series if we face them in the Western Conference Finals all right, let's move it on to the Pistons game. Suns take this one 114 to 103. And this was another game where we just saw that real balanced scoring. And that's a, another good thing to see w- without your star out there. But three guys off the bench in double figures, two of them had 19. Cam and Cam, each with 19 to lead the team. Yeah, nice to see the bench guys do it because that had actually been one of my complaints for just a slight little bit uh, is the bench was not doing as much as we knew they could. Campaign is, he is a great backup point guard. I have to recognize that. But the way he plays is kind of sporadic. And he's going to have games like this and he's going to have games where he just makes a lot of Hasty decisions. And I hey, think hasty is a good word. Yeah, yeah. And I think he needs to slow down, but <laughs> that's just his game. And I got to recognize that. Uh, but it was really nice to see the bench production in this one. And we needed it. For sure. Uh, about Cam Johnson, 
finally getting it going four for six from downtown in this one, six rebounds too. And he is such a big factor for this team. If he has it going and the bench unit has it going, this team is going to be so tough for anybody to beat. But then again, on the other side of it, when he's having a poor shooting night, it feels like there's no one on that bench unit to really lean on for the buckets. I mean, yeah, yeah, Cam, both of them had 19 in this game. But like you said, uh, pain is a little, a little sporadic, a little back and forth. Some games are better than others. But just when you, when you have that guy like Johnson coming off the bench who can, can be deadly from downtown – and is just uh, really focusing on getting to the rim a little bit more as of late. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that when we see him taking it in strong to the lane. And then that, that makes the defense have to decide, am I going to go close out real hard so he doesn't shoot this three? Or am I more worried about him putting down a dribble or two and attacking the rim? Yeah, and I know we're not quite there yet, but he demonstrated this so well in this game against the Spurs. He had a couple really nice plays where everyone thought he was shooting the three, and he was hot in this game too, so you had to respect it. And then he'd take a couple dribbles, or he'd try to get to the rim. And he, I mean, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the season, really, maybe the end of last year even. But he has put on some weight, and he's gained some strength. He He's not afraid to go out there and just try to dunk on someone and either do that or get fouled. No, it's, it's been pretty noticeable. He is a, he's a force now and even Mikhail to a little lesser of an extent, but he's so much stronger than he was when he came into the league. That's pretty noticeable too. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to when we first drafted Cam Johnson and we kind of said, he's a little bit of a tweener, I guess. Is he going to become more of a three or more of a four? And, uh, you know, it's either if he wants to play the three, he's going to need to get quicker. Um, He's going to be able – he's going to have to guard the really fast wing players that we have in the league. And if he wants to be a four, if he's going to go that route, the stretch four route, he's going to need to get a lot stronger and bulk up. And he did just that. It's a lot easier to get stronger than get quicker too, I feel like. Right. Yeah, after that Buck series, I think he probably got straight into the weight room with some protein powder uh, oh, I'm as sure. soon as possible because, man, that, that was just kind of rough to see. Losing a – it's not like Dario is a big powerhouse down there, but I feel like he has the weight to absorb some of that. Yeah. But, but, yeah, Cam was just getting pushed around down there by either Portis or Giannis or whoever it may be. And still, even this year, I mean, when he – you know, he had some matchups with Julius Randle where he was just moving uh, Johnson around. That's yeah. still going to happen. But, I mean, he, he made great strides in the offseason to get bigger and stronger for sure. Yeah. And it's not easy just because it's easier to get stronger than to get quicker. Like, it's still very, very difficult. And he's put in a lot of work. And you can tell. And it's paying off for him. And now that he's hitting his stride with his shot, too. That's really nice because he was cold for a while, but now he's he's gotten back on track. Totally. All right. Um, we were just talking about how campaign is kind of having some up and down games as of late. We'll move <laughs> it on to the second Warriors game. And I, I got to say, pretty much the, the entire team struggled getting it going at points in this game. But 
campaign with a, a three for 17 shooting line Ugh. minus 30 in his near mm. 26 minutes. Uh, that that's the first thing that pops off the page to me. And uh, the Suns did try to lean on Aiton in this one again, who led the team with 23 points. But uh, the the Warriors just looked a little bit different than they did in that first game, and they had a lot of guys, a, a lot of guys making shots in this game. They did, and it, the score is a little bit deceiving because it was pretty even for a lot of this one. Halftime was pretty close, even a little bit of the way through the third quarter, it was a two point game. And then after that point, the Warriors just ran away with it. And we were tired second night of a back to back where we traveled the day before the night before, I should say, probably got into the Bay area around, you know, two, three in the morning, I would guess after playing the Pistons right right before. And then, you know, you go to sleep, maybe, get in a little shoot around, eat something, take a nap, and then you're there for the game. So th- this was a tough one for anyone to win, really. And Yeah, Payne was rough. Cam Johnson played uh, okay, I guess. Peyton <laughs> had a good game, but really, other than that, it's like there's not a lot to say. Yeah, they shot 19 for 39 from three-point for... That's a 48.7%. They only shot two tenths of a percent better from the floor. Yeah. So they were real hot from three. And that's, it's when they make 11 more three pointers than you, it's going to be a tough one to keep up with. But I I mean, early on, they got out to a hot start. We fought back in the second a little bit. And then, yeah, once the third came around later into the third, they really ran away with it and, uh, it it didn't get out of hand as I thought it was going to for a little while there, which uh, I guess we can give our bench a little credit for because uh, it, it's you know everyone's dog tired at that point. You're getting spanked. It's kind of tough to finish out a game like that, but you know we did. That's the sign of a good team to you know stick it out to the end, even in in a definite loss like that. Yeah. And this is where the streak came to an end. And I don't think anyone was really that upset. I mean, this was going to be a very, very difficult game to win. And every good team loses at some point, even the 73 and nine warriors (laughs) did lose nine games. I mean, we've lost four so far and we're already partially through December. We're fine. We are just fine for sure. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Spurs game. The start of the new streak, I suppose we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, looks like another game with some balanced scoring. But the takeaway is Chris Paul in the fourth quarter just absolutely shutting the door on the Spurs. It was so nice. He is just so clutch. And the whole time I was watching him do his thing at the end of the game, I was just thinking about how... There were people who were upset that he was on the team and people who say he's past his prime and he's not, he is, he's still doing it. He's got some gas left in the tank. For sure. Uh, just watching him work the pick and roll. And you know, when that, when that center does step out on him and you know, that elbow range jumper is coming, 
and you know they're putting two points on the board, it, it feels so nice. But it was a three-pointer that kind of sealed the deal in this one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I, I thought it was interesting that the Spurs were double-teaming Chris Paul. And I feel like we just don't see that very often. And I know that's a result of no Devin Booker. But, wow, I mean, Chris Paul was just doing it all to the point that they started double-teaming him. And Chris Paul has no issue with the double-team. He still makes the right pass every time. No, he'll, yeah, he'll gladly lead the league in assists like he is doing right now if they're going to come double-team. And, I mean, when this stuff happens, and we've we've seen it happen even while Booker is healthy, but if they're going to double-team that... uh, the pick and roll with Chris or try to get him at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. It's going to be bad news because one of our shooters is going to be open and no one, right. no one shot lights out in this one tonight. Crowder was four for 10 from downtown. Uh, Johnson was two for seven from downtown, but I mean, you got to worry about those guys out there. And then once they're flying out, like we mentioned earlier, that's when Cam Johnson can put down a dribble or two or get to the rim I mean, the the offense when Chris Paul says, I'm going to run the show now, it it works wonderfully. And a few a little while ago, we would complain quite a bit about how Chris would milk a little bit too much time off the clock in the fourth, maybe start doing it a little too early. But lately, I've been trusting him. Yeah. Yeah, I actually agree with that. And I do think, though, because overall we're playing faster this season, I don't mind it as much when he takes that full control and does that. Just because for the most part, we are playing a bit faster. Right. I think maybe it's uh, easier to watch when Booker's not in the game and you're really leaning on Chris to, uh, you know, I I feel confident in Chris being able to get that shot just as much as I am D-Book working for himself to get a shot. So Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. All right, well, nice win against the Spurs, 108-104. Start up a new winning streak, and we'll get into the game previews for next week. And technically, there's only one next week, Friday, this week, Friday against the Celtics, and then the next one will be the Clippers on Monday, but I think we might chat about that one here. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure when we're going to record, just looking at the schedule now. Um, But the Celtics, uh, this game on Friday, December 10th, is our bet question game, obviously. And we're looking at JaVale McGee points versus the Celtics. JaVale has been playing pretty well in his limited and just perfect amount of minutes. So we're going JaVale McGee points, and I realize I need to make the pick first this time. I so, like it. Uh, give me 12. 12? 12. 12. I like it. I like it. I'll lean a little more towards uh, one point per minute, and we'll go 14. So I'm not doing the Bob Barker, so if uh, it's in between us, we'll end up tying, Yeah. right? Which yeah. is fine. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the respectable way to play it, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that in quite a while, just as a reminder. I hear you. I, I'm just trying to, you know... Just Get in the audience's good graces and talk <laughs> a little smack and maybe, you know, push the factor. Just yep. Like, yep. Um, I'm realizing I still haven't paid off my 
loss from last season. But oh, that's true. maybe we'll get into that during the non-sports section of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, tweet at us at Sunny and PHX Pod. Let us know how many points do you think JaVale McGee will score in Friday's game against the Celtics. So one thing I've noticed about the Celtics this year is that Dennis Schroeder has been playing. He's been having some really, really nice games. Like I think he had 30 and then 38 on back-to-back nights this week. So I've just been kind of following his story a little bit, and he's definitely earning his contract which is, you know, a quarter of what he was expecting. But uh, he's, the Celtics are getting their money's worth of Dennis Schroeder right now. It's always nice to see a player leave the Lakers and thrive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize he had been quite that good so far this year. Um, but I don't, I'm not that worried about this game. I know uh, Jason Tatum is really good. Jalen Brown has had some injury issues. I believe he's kind of a day-to-day situation as of right now. Also a good player, but, like, I don't know. The Celtics just, I don't think they're that special. Yeah, I I don't think they quite have that juice that they've had recently, but, uh, you know, they, they start Al Horford. And he still has some nice games every once in a while, so I can't talk too much smack about him. But I don't know. They're playing Grant Williams a ton of minutes. I don't think he can do much. And then, like, they're they're young guys. I mean, Tatum's great. But aside from that, like, Romeo Lankford and Aaron Neesmith, like, I don't know. Those guys, uh, it's an interesting team. And then they've got a... Ennis Freedom. That's that's right. Changed his name. Ennis Cantor Freedom, I believe, is his name now. Nice. But yeah, I mean, I I just feel good about this. I think it, yeah, like, the they're a game over five hundred, I believe, which is yeah. another just kind of crazy thing to think about how the Suns are. Obviously a better team than the Celtics right now. While the Celtics really haven't, you know, lost a ton. uh, Like, they still have Tatum and Brown, and uh, we're just a much better team. I I love it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's like, what else do you even say? We're just that good. Yeah, and here, here, this is going to happen, though. I just talk smack about the Celtics, so they're probably going to beat us. Just like when I had all that to say about Alec Burks the other day, he had yeah. 25 points and quite a few assists the first game that he started for the Knicks. And I was like, eh, maybe I was wrong. But I haven't checked his stats lately, but I wouldn't be surprised if they came back down to earth. Yeah, I also talked smack about campaign right before he had 19. So, yeah, that's usually how it goes. Happens. But, yeah, I mean – on that note, I think the Suns are probably going to have some issues. Probably still no Devin Booker. It's probably going to be really, really tight. So now that I've said that, maybe it'll be a blowout. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we are going to move to the non-sports section of the show. And we have something a little bit different today. Friend of the show, 
the man who needs no introduction but gets a really long one anyway, the man who read all the Harry Potter audiobooks once, the man who I FaceTimed the other day, and by that I mean like three weeks ago, I think, uh, Josh Cranowitter, at Josh Cran on Twitter. He is going to be in Phoenix in just over a week. So uh, he's going to be here for about 36 hours. What should we do with him while he's here? You have any ideas? I don't, but I just love that we kind of pump him up like a celebrity. I, I just really is. Right, right, right. But I, I, I suppose I can say I enjoy doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what our plans are as of right now. Uh, he gets in late Thursday night, and he hasn't seen my house yet. So he'll see the house. Um, hopefully it's not too busy at the airport. Hopefully since it's a Thursday, it won't be too bad. And then uh, Friday, we've got the day during Friday open. So that's where we really need suggestions. But we're going to go see the new Spider-Man movie. Josh is a big fan of Marvel. I'm a newly big fan of Marvel as of COVID. So uh, mm-hmm. we're going to go see that new Spider-Man movie on Friday. I was able to secure tickets the day they went on sale, but they were almost completely sold out when I looked. Uh, but don't worry, I found some. And then uh, Saturday, Josh is coming with the two of us uh, to go watch Gonzaga play Texas Tech. Josh is also a Gonzaga alum. That's how we met each other we lived together for quite a while so we're gonna go to that game but it starts at 11 a.m so saturday we're not 100 percent sure what we're gonna do but we're gonna do something get together with with everyone maybe go to dinner maybe hang out at our house we don't know so any ideas that you have yeah send them over i have a question first though yeah um what was the the josh hair flow like at the time because Mm. one of the more recent times that he came here the dude just had like a lion's mane of luxurious long hair and i was a little bit jealous of it and i'm kind of wondering what he has going on now well i can tell you actually so he had it pretty long for a while and he texted me one day and he said i really need to get a haircut and I was like, okay, we'll schedule one then or something, you know. And the next day he said, man, I really need a haircut. And I was like, okay. And then third day in a row, he texted me, I really need to get a haircut. And I was like, why are you telling me this? And I was like, I'm glad you are. Like, not that that's a negative thing. Like, I'm glad you're keeping me in the loop of your day-to-day <laughs> life. But you've told me this like three times. And he said that it was more him trying to express that he was annoyed with his hair. And so I do believe he got it cut since then. Wow. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm going to go there. I'm going to go. I'm going to go there. I don't. But that that, that sounds like a a way my wife would try to let me know something, you know? Mm Hmm. No comment. <laughs> hey, we better end it right there now. That I think about it, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think I think what you're trying to say is like it's a really really nice way that he's letting me know. 
But in reality, I think he may have wanted you to say, no, Josh, your your hair looks great, man. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> things have changed. Josh and I and, and our friend Blake, the three of us, have been friends for pushing 10 years now. And for most of that, we were all about long hair. We all had long hair at one point. And just as we've gotten older, as we approach 30, we've just grown up and none of us have it anymore. I'd say you have pretty long hair, but you know, I'm not like it used to be. I've approached and surpassed 30. So maybe that's why I'd say that your hair is still pretty long. It's, I wouldn't say it's short or anything. It's not a crew cut or a buzz cut or anything. I've got a little bit no. of style to it, but yeah, it's not down to my shoulders like it used to be. Do you do you even do short hair? Like, no. uh, is there anything between the shortest I've seen your hair and like a buzz cut that you've ever done? No. Hmm. The shortest you've seen it. Is actually much shorter than it had been for most of my life. I've always had. Oh, okay. I remember that. I remember that. You looked like an entirely new man when we hopped on the podcast one day. Well, there was one time. There was one time actually that I was still living in Spokane. I was going to go out to Virginia for my cousin's wedding. And the, the stylist I went to, I had never seen before. I went to Dan Dickow's barbershop in Spokane. I can't even remember what it was called. (laughs) But Dan Dickow started this line of barbershops. And it was new. And we went because we were like, oh, this is cool. It was close to our house. And yeah, it didn't go well for any of us. And she went way too short on my hair. And yeah, I was not thrilled. Ooh. Yeah. It should just be named Dan Dickow's Barbershop. It really should. I'm sure there's another name, but... You wouldn't have forgotten it had it been named that. Exactly. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, shout out to Spokane. All right. (laughs) Again, this is how the sausage is made. We're leaving it in. Oh, really? I, I literally thought that you cut out. And nope. since you don't have your webcam on for this one, I I thought we were just uh we were just waiting. Nope. That's it. Shout out Spokane. Go Zags. Go Zags. Go Chet. Go well Big Chet, Chet. Chet does need to go. Let me tell you. Chet needs to go. Go where? Pro? No, not like leave. Like he needs to get going. Like he needs to start playing basketball. Oh, is is this going to be like another Dragon Bender type situation, but he, he played a year at college? I, I don't think it'll be quite like that, but he just really needs to. He's not very strong right now, and he's not super confident. I think he's going to step into his role, and he'll get there. But early on, he he's had some rough games. So I'd like to see uh, Chet Holmgren versus that Alex, Alexei Pokushevsky. Yeah. In a boxing match. Maybe like a steel cage match. I would not like to see that at all. (laughs) It'd be awkward. It would would be very awkward. (laughs) I think Chet will be good. I mean, he's like seven foot tall with a seven foot six wingspan. But his shot just looks really off so far. And they've also played some good teams. I mean, Alabama, they were great. Duke has a good team. 
I guess those are our only two losses, but yeah, Chet, Chet just needs a couple good games under his belt to gain some confidence. His 26-inch belt. <laughs> if that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is this where we end it? It feels yeah. like this is where we end it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode next week. Uh, at Sunny and PHX Pod on Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, what you think we should do with Josh. Just things <laughs> like that. You, you know. You know. Any anything you want on the soundboard. Right. Yeah. Mitch needs some some new. Uh, definitely needs some new some new uh, clips for the soundboard. So make your suggestions, and we will see you next week. Go some.